Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. I think there's a clear warning there. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. What's next? Order! Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We are live once again on College Green uh, down in Westminster on day two of Boris Day because Boris Day 1 yesterday was exciting enough. Today is going to be even more exciting because by the end of this show, Boris Johnson is going to become the fifth Prime Minister of this country. Uh, Theresa May has her last Prime Minister's questions at midday. We'll be covering that live, of course. Ross Campbell, our political editor, is here as he has been over the last 24 hours charting precisely what is going on, precisely what is going to happen next. We will bring you the news as each uh, resignation kicks in. We will also bring you the news when each cabinet member uh, is appointed later on this afternoon. But Ross has already got some of those names and we'll be bringing those to you as well. Katie Perrier is also with me, former aide to Boris Johnson, former head of communications at Downing Street. She'll tell us what it's like to start the new working day in a new job with the new Prime Minister. This is, of course, Talk Radio. It's the only place you want to be. We are live in Westminster. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Welcome back to Talk Radio. Welcome back to College Green and Westminster, of course. This is where it's all happening. There's helicopters flying overhead. There's sirens going. There's ministerial limos all over the place. Uh, I've got all manner of great guests coming up over the next three hours. Uh, Right here on Talk Radio, you will hear everything as it happens. Prime Minister's questions, the last one ever for Theresa May. Uh, Will it be a dogfight between her and Jeremy Corbyn? Uh, We shall find out later. Katie Perry is here already. Uh, She, of course, former communications chief at Downing Street for Theresa May uh, and also worked with Boris Johnson at City Hall. Kate Hoey has joined us as well. Well, Labour MP, who also uh, was involved with with Boris Johnson, and um, you worked with Boris Johnson from the opposite side of the of the fence, if you like, Kate. What was he like uh, as an employer or as a boss for you? Well, I wasn't being paid, just to get that clear at the beginning. <laughs> but, uh, no, but Boris is not tribal at all. He got a team around him at City Hall that was based on what he thought and uh, uh, people like Ed Lister and so on thought were going to be Simon Milton, were going to be good at doing what he wanted and doing it in a way that was um, you know, collegiate as well. There was a great atmosphere. I mean, I went to, I was very much ring-fenced because I was a Labour MP. I said very clearly I was only going to work on sport and the sports, sports 
sports uh, participation, grassroots sport. So I wouldn't go to some of the most political meetings, but even at the big meetings that we would have regularly with all the different areas, it was very clear that Boris um, had, a, had a grasp of everything, but knew how to delegate and delegated well. And then I think people felt that they were trusted. Um, and also you could you could get, he was very accessible too. You could go and see him and you could just simply say, Boris, I don't like this. I really think we should be doing it this way. Or, you know, I, I, and I find that very, very, um, uh, you know, I, th- I thought it was incredibly positive that someone was coming in as a Conservative mayor and was prepared to work with people who weren't members of the Conservative Party, and mm. he did that with others, not just me. Right. People say, Katie, that uh, uh, Boris makes everyone feel that they're the most important person <laughs> in the world when he's talking to them, and that there could be as many as five people walking about today thinking they're going to be the next Chancellor of the Exchequer. But one of the things that I like about him is that he's bringing an awful lot of the same team that worked with you at City Hall into Downing Street, which tells you that they want to work with him, and they're very happy to do so again. Oh, absolutely. I think that there's um, a real loyalty to, to Boris Johnson, that it's expected for them to be loyal to him. And in return, he will give these loyalty back to them over a long period of time. And he's seen in politics that you know, people are fickle. They can say one thing and do another. And so he's kept himself with a tight team, people that he trusts and relies on. Um, you know, Boris isn't, although everybody loves Boris Johnson, and... Well, not quite, everybody. No, in terms yeah. of, when, actually, <laughs> even when you don't like him, yep. when you spend time with him one-on-one, you yeah. can't help but like mm. that. You come away and say, I hate his policies, I don't like his ideas, but one-on-one, you can't fail he to makes really you like feel, him. He, he makes, makes you feel good. Yeah, and... and uh, and people want that now because Theresa May didn't have any of those kind of skills. She didn't have that warmth. It doesn't mean she was not a very nice person because she is a good person and a nice person, but she didn't have that ability to make you feel good. I remember a, a, a time when I used to go around London with him on oh. the mayoral campaign and, you know, people would be crawling over the tube lines to come and touch him, to have selfies with him, to have signatures on, on various parts of their bodies. <laughs> but I remember saying to him once, you know, why do you go up to people and say, tell me more about this? I don't know much about this. When I've briefed you heavily on this, it's my job to brief you. You're making me look stupid. And he came back and said, because they want to feel they have a role, Katie. Yes. They want to feel like I'm listening to them. Mm. So I don't care that you've already... And that's actually a good instinct. That, 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 that was great it? politics. Great that, politics. That's so right, Katie. I remember, you know, briefing him. We'd go to sports things in advance about the important things he had to say. And he would never do it in the way that you had said was a, a, the way to do it. Because he would already have talked to people, gone to the people that he wanted to find out more about. And, you know... She, absolutely right about even um, in his second term if you went on the tube with him or you know you were literally besieged it, yes. was, it was amazing well I must say and I felt I, very sorry for I've Jeremy Hunt yet. when uh, he was doing his uh, series of hustling particularly towards the end we did one in the News UK building uh, and it was a debate which went out live uh, with the Sun and Talk Radio and uh, you know people all everyone was just flocking to Boris and Jeremy Hunt was kind of left yeah. standing on his own kind of kicking kicking I've, I've kicking never around. seen anyone any no. politician attract that kind it's like rock star yeah it is and of course kind he, of he rode status. his bicycle everywhere he really did he's he, going to miss he, that he, he's going to miss that because and he had no security and he was the best known politician practically at the time and yet he had no security he i think he found that quite difficult when yeah. he went into the yeah. foreign office. i remember him coming up to me once and i said to him you know people call you all kinds of things on your bike that would really hurt me you know cycling through <laughs> london and people saying not very nice things shouting them out you yeah. know using certain certain words which i won't repeat on quite family right. radio Thank you. and uh he said to me oh no katie he said someone once criticized my grammar i used the word less instead of fewer these are the things that <laughs> <laughs> yes quite now kate let's talk about the the actual pro 
process of, of prime ministerial work that he has to do because the biggest question, of course, on everybody's lips, uh, is can he actually make this happen? Can he make Brexit happen on October the 31st, do or die, as he said well, he would? I think if anyone can, he will. He is a believer. You know, he believes in getting out. He's said all these things over and over again. I think he knows that if he doesn't get us out on October the 31st, by one means or another, um, he will not stay very long. And is it within his gift, though? I mean, aren't there so many well, forces it against well, it happening? Yeah, I mean, there is, because there's a parliamentary majority to remain and to mess things up, and we've seen that for three years. But what I think he's got now is the opportunity to really show the European Union, the commissioners, that he is actually uh, speaking on behalf of the majority of this country who voted to leave, that he's not prepared to sort of give in on all sorts of things. And I think he should go over there and be quite tough and quite firm and say this is what we want but we're already prepared we know you're prepared the European Union have been preparing for no deal for some time and um, you know it may be that in the end that's what's going to have to happen but I think people will accept that even people who voted remain not the zeal it's not the people you see screaming around here but people who voted remain just know now that we have to get out and the sooner we get out the more certainty there is for business the more we can get back to getting the the relationships going and remember there's a lot of little side deals already agreed the planes will still be flying on the net you know all of these things have been going on what we've never heard about and now we will because I presume he'll appoint somebody who's another very good lever as Brexit secretary we'll hear about these things it'll be the optimism you know it'll be somebody fighting back against the media bias because there has been media yeah there has been and And it'll be the end of Ollie Robbins as well and and the Prime Minister didn't really say much because she didn't really genuinely believe in it that's the problem I I mean she she knew she had to deliver it and I'm not saying she didn't but she didn't see the opportunities and I think that's what he will give she didn't approach Brexit with gusto I think it's fair to say isn't it Casey will you shed a tear for Theresa May as she leaves office today I will feel sad for her because I think that she's a dignified public servant who has done the best of her ability. There was no scandal. There was no kind of, you know, mm. she is the, the kind of, the, the, girl gu- the grown-up yeah. girl guider yeah. that's actually done her best, did, 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 top, 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 yeah. done right. her absolute best for the nation. And, uh, and I think that she is, although she won't go down in history as one of the greats, we owe her our thanks for, for trying at a time when the nation was utterly divided. And I think that, you know, we, we need to park that aside. And she will show, I mean, we, we talk about Remainers uh, stopping Boris Johnson doing what he wants to do. I actually think some of the hardcore leavers, if I may call them that, Kate, might stop him doing what he might want to do. Because Boris Johnson may decide, once he's stared down the barrel of that parliamentary uh, arithmetic and thought to himself, I know what I can do. I can change Theresa May's deal just slightly and get it over the line and then we can get this Brexit sorted. Now, they won't let him do that. Well, I think, I think if he gets the backstop finished out then uh, and you know we've seen now there are the technical solutions we've seen the support that there is for that um it, then you know there is a chance that it could come back and people w- would put it through um but that's you know the there's best some, way. that's surely the best way to get this show on the road get it over the line by the 31st and get on with governing the country i think what it, except also that i think you see i find the 39 billion just ridiculous mm. and i would like to have some of that to be able to help those businesses and those parts of farming that may well be affected initially in the short term because you know this is a long-term project we've been in that European Union common market for four, over 40 years, whatever exactly now I have forgotten. <laughs> it's so long. At so least I think, 40. I think we, you know, we're, 
we're entitled to give it 40 years to poor anyone can well, say this we've is done the, thing. the wrong I've thing. A, I always say to people, you know, this idea that you can negotiate an agreement and then that's all you do and the agreement doesn't then need to be tweaked yeah. or changed or revisited. You know, you can't tell me that after 40 odd years mm. you can just have a piece of paper mm. uh, which tells you that everything's going to be fine and this is how it's going to work because that's not how the world is. And also the p- trouble is people uh, listening to this will think that once the 31st is over it's, we can yeah. go back to normal. Yeah. This is just the withdrawal agreement. Mm. We, we need to start talking about what we're going to do around uh, fishing communities, what we're going to do around some of our manufacturing units that have been sponsored or supported by the European Union over the years. You know, Philip Hammond has been saving that money, much to many people's unhappiness, during a period of austerity. He does now have a bank of cash to, for, to hand over to the next Prime Minister. Mm. What are they going to spend it on? How can we help people really make the, the best that, that, they can, that they can be? Well, I think that's where the, the new Prime Minister has got to recognise that where the Brexit Party's doing well is in those areas that have genuinely been left behind yeah. Labour areas, Labour MPs, but voted leave. And he is going to have to. I'm interested that he is going to make a speech up in the north very soon. Yeah. And and I think what it's not just about leaving the EU. It's about all those other issues that kind of underpin what's wrong with the country yeah, at exactly. the moment. And One final question to you, uh, yeah. Kate. Uh, yes, you haven't asked me about the Labour Party at well, all. Well, right. here it comes. Uh, <laughs> when, there, when and if there is um, uh, a general election, whether it's before or after we've left the European Union, is Jeremy Corbyn going to lead the Labour Party into it? I, th- I think he's certainly going to lead them into it. Um, I don't think there is the, how <laughs> you think the word, momentum. I don't think there's a momentum nice. for the members to vote him out and the way our system works. And I think he's been let down very badly by some members of his own shadow cabinet. Mm. And uh, he has not been allowed to stay true to his looking at the Brexit issue, how he really feels. He's stayed in as long as possible, trying to keep Labour as a, a sensible, supporting the referendum, leave vote. And now he's been, um, you know, he's been um, actually John McDonald's been one of the biggest almost traitors. Yes, I think, like that, that I think that would be uh, a word that could be used in this particular case, yes. But well, I, don't, I hope there's not a general election for a little while. Is there a while. job for you at number 10, Kate? Because uh, Boris loves you and the Labour Party <laughs> doesn't so much. Come on. I mean, well, I'm, you know. I'm, John I'm, Mann's got a job there now, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, Theresa, he's got his really... Um, yeah, really. thing, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm still, you know, obviously a, a Labour MP, but I, I find more and more Labour is moving away from me rather than Boris Johnson away offered from you Labour. a job. Would you accept it? It depends what it is. Oh, it's not a no. No, 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 that's not. It's not uh, a no. I don't think he's going to. No, it's not worry. a no. Don't very worry, diplomatic. Stop trying to get people into trouble. <laughs> Katie Perry, thank you very much indeed. Kate Hurry, thank you very much indeed. An unrivaled and unbridled assessment of a parliament in peril and a country in chaos. What's next? Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are live on College Green in Westminster. It's an extremely hot day, uh, but it's going to be even hotter uh, over in Downing Street later on. And, of course, in the House of Commons, it's Theresa May's final Prime Minister's questions today. Uh, Ross Kempsell, our political editor, telling us that it's probably going to be more ceremonial than uh, it was last week, which was quite feisty. Paul Scully uh, here with me, of course, Tory MP uh, for Sutton and Cheam. Uh, Paul, it was remarkable last week when Theresa May went for uh, Jerry Corbyn. About a lot of people said um, if she only didn't done that a bit earlier, maybe she wouldn't still... Uh, she'd still be Prime Minister. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but I mean, Je- not Jeremy Corbyn at the moment is, a, is an easy target and he's the right target. And, you know, something I think uh, Conservatives across the country got to remember that the, the real big risk, actually, is um, if we don't deliver Brexit, if we don't get this done, the fact that we can have Jeremy Corbyn in number 10, people talk about ep- economic threats. Well, quite these are people that are, the Labour Party are already planning for a run on the pound. They've already got a trillion pound spending commitment. That's going to damage the country. 
Yes, absolutely right. Let's go to the calls because we are the uh, voice of the people here at Talk Radio. 0344 499 1000. Uh, let's go first of all to Gerard, who's in crew. Hi, Gerard. Morning, Mike. Morning, Paul. Morning. Uh, Morning. Uh, I'm still, well, I'm not a naturally an optimistic person. I'm a bit on the misery side, but I am optimistic about this now over the next few weeks and months. Look, we had thunder and lightning here last night. It was horrendous, and I just think that was liberal heads exploding <laughs> and, the wa- and, and the wailing and gnashing that just created the atmosphere yesterday. But yesterday, it was a miserable day here, but it's no coincidence that as the announcement was made, the sun came filled me with optimism mm. and, and optimism hoping... actually and particularly for someone like yourself Jared, as you say if you are more prone to be pessimistic the feeling of optimism is very um seductive it feels great doesn't it well, yeah, because for three years we've had people saying, you can't do this, you can't yeah. do that. And it, they're not been, if you listen to Bob Stewart, you say, Colonel Bob, well, what a great guy. His was an attitude of, let's get this done. And he, he wasn't on a battlefield in Bosnia and Ireland saying, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that. He had to find ways of getting things done. And he filled me with optimism. I hope they yeah. find a job for Colonel Bob. And, and, and in all honesty, I hope they can find something on the side for Kate Howie because that one, that woman is wonderful. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, what if uh, Jeremy Hunt doesn't want to be defence secretary? They could do a lot worse than giving it to Colonel Bob. Bob Stewart, who at least knows a bit, knows his way around a tank and knows his way around a battlefield as well. Paul, um, I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it, that people are being uh, sort of you know brought dragged, not dragged along is probably the wrong phrase, but but really caught up in the optimism. And thing. it's and, really and, good to hear. And it is something. I mean, I I say this to people all the time that we did a show because I got sick of the sort of relentless you know uh, negativity that was coming, particularly from the Remain side of the argument, where people were just saying things like you know, oh, it's just too difficult to leave the European Union. Let's just not bother. Let's just knock it all on the head and stay where we are because nobody can figure out a way. Well, I'm sorry, you guys in Parliament have got that job to figure out a way to do oh, it. Totally. The, the people have voted to leave, so, you know, we need to get on with it. And to have somebody like Boris Johnson finally actually picking up the baton and being willing to run with it, um, it's going to make such a difference, I think, when people see. And also, I think he's the sort of guy that will present things to Parliament in a much different way than Theresa May did. You know, things that people will get behind. He will do, and I'll just hope that people are in uh, further and crew and further afield of share that optimism because it's just so important that we do actually remember the opportunities that uh, present themselves and they you're right they've been sadly lacking in parliament i've been self-employed for best part of 20 years before i was elected and i didn't get into politics just to manage things better than the other guy yeah. and, you know and it's been very te- technocratic over the last few years and it's i just once disappointed me most out of a job which I absolutely adore is the paucity of ambition yeah. in our parliament people that actually have just said exactly as you say no it's too difficult yeah. to do you know Jeremy Corbyn's been talking about the fact that they actually need the EU to protect themselves from a conservative government no you don't you need elections you need democracy yes. that's what that's all about uh, we talk about our economy you talk about crashing out with no deal where all of the government forecasts actually show that the, 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 the no deal forecast they have is if they assume that the government doesn't do anything at right. all in mitigation, which clearly they would be doing. So, uh, you know, if we're preparing, if we're doing these sort of things, we can take the opportunities that Brexit gives us, but we need to plan for the turbulence that will follow. Yes. So, but but turbulence is, is turbulence. You know, you can't get on a plane and say, what are we going to do if there's turbulence? Let's just not get on the plane. Yeah. You know, there is turbulence. It's called life. It's yeah. called the world. It's called the way in which everything works. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio, live from Westminster.
Let's talk to Bob Seeley here about uh, why that's absolutely true, because we've often said, Bob, you and I sitting here uh, in the tent, that basically Theresa May treated Brexit as some kind of disaster that had to be managed rather than a sort of opportunity that had to be grasped and, and, and run with. She was very negative and dutiful. She was very dutiful about it, but very negative about it, as if clearly uh, she equated it to pulling of teeth. Um, on Toby's point, I would actually call it... Um, uh, it's a political version of IBS, the Irritable Boris Syndrome. Um, <laughs> but it's much the same. It is very good, that, yes. The one thing I would say, uh, since Boris has actually uh, take, taken the, the leadership crown, already I've got lots of people on my Twitter feed saying, I've just joined the Conservative Party. Now, they're not saying they've just joined it uh, because of Boris, but clearly they are enthused by Boris. Yep. They're enthused by his enthusiasm and, and, and his positivity. Boris inspires two reactions. From people who are never going to vote for Conservative, they have a, a real IBS attitude towards him and they find him very difficult to stomach. But in part because they fear him, because he's also the Heineken candidate, if I can say that on here, he will reach parts of the electorate that, frankly, most politicians don't come near. Mm. And because of that, there is fear mixed with loathing. If he was a Marmite-flavoured Heineken, I suppose you would he, say. He's right? a Marmite-flavoured Heineken. We're getting, I, we're getting into some very deep, seriously of, deep water I'm very here. I'm Marmite. I'm reasonably fond of Heineken. <laughs> OK, Quentin Lutz joins me here. Quentin, a very good uh, morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. So how are we going to cope with that, Theresa May? Well, well, I was going to ask you, because you're the expert here. You're the sketch writer, right? Now, Presumably, you must think of Boris Johnson, uh, and I don't know if you heard that that new uh, irritable Boris syndrome. Uh, uh, joke <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm feel, I do. Feel free to that. use at any time. I mean, um, surely you must be over the moon that you've now got Boris Johnson to write about rather than Theresa May, who didn't really do an awful lot. Well, let's first of all say a day when a prime minister departs, it's no time to be jumping up and down and saying "yippee, um, uh, that person has gone." That would be slightly un unfair. Very unprecedented as well. However, uh, she was not the easiest person in the world to sketch. No. It has to be said. Because the thing about Mrs May was that she wasn't wicked. Mm. and you've, uh, Or she wasn't vain. And she didn't seem to uh, bubble in any sort of disobliging juices. She was just rather sort of um, worthy. Yeah. And sketch writers, <laughs> we sketch writers can't do worthy. Well, also, yeah, because then we, you start to look wicked if you're being too mean to her. Well, perish the thought. Yes. But um, we need a bit of gubbins of, uh, of the discreditable side of nature to, to make things fly. Yeah. And so she wasn't very easy. But uh, Boris has plenty in that department, so we should be in business. I, I think it's going to be a very uh, entertaining few You're weeks here, and months. Here I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not sure. On, uh, well, I did say to somebody yesterday, I don't think that if I was on holiday, I would sit in the sun for three hours without actually taking any shelter. Sitting uh, on, is, on, the, on the Boris Riviera. Yeah, sitting here. on the Boris Riviera. But listen, <laughs> a cloud has I'm lifted, willing to literally. do my duty for uh, the Brexit uh, revolution. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to, to, to stray away from it. But the serious questions, I yeah. suppose, will begin, uh, Bob, once all of the, the pomp and ceremony is out of the way all the trips to Buckingham Palace. Serious questions have already been started. We have a Brexit crisis and we have a golf crisis. We he's, do. He's we inherited do. two crises and a, a bunch of other minor crises. So this is, you know, crisis central. And people yeah. have said to me in the last 24 hours, it's all very well saying that, you know, he was very good when he was Mayor of London. It was a fantastic operation that he ran. He got re-elected well, against all the odds. But this is a very different kettle of fish. It's like moving up from, you know, the, 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 the Conference okay. uh, League uh, up to the Premier uh, League. Uh, well, up to a point. Mayor of London is a very big job because you're dealing with a very difficult electorate, especially if you're Conservative, and a very demanding electorate. And he, that electorate loved him twice and re-elected him twice. 
So what we can say about Boris is he reaches people. Now, yes, this is a bigger job, but the principles are the same. You manage, you delegate, you sell, you campaign. And he's done those things pretty well. Of course, so, what you don't have to do yeah. as Mayor of London is you don't have to go into the House of Commons and do the parliamentary business. And Boris so far hasn't been brilliant at the dispatch box. He wasn't quite as bad as I thought he was going to be when he was Foreign Secretary. Yeah. He, he did manage to just about do it in the Commons. But there is that additional arena. Uh, Mrs May was all right, actually. Mm. She was all right. She actually Commons, was, and I said um, uh, earlier on in the show today, last week's qu- Prime Minister's questions was really good. Ah, well, yeah, many, she was liberated by... She was liberated uh, by... In, in, impending freedom. By knowing, because I presume today it will be a bit more sort of Prime Ministerial and it will be quite No, no, nice. today will be gloopily uh, sentimental. Yeah. It will be ghastly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, give, her, give her that at the end. Are you, she, are you hoping for a sort of Alan Duncan intervention at any point, which will at least well, then, liven up the There might well be. I would, I would not. <laughs> I would not rule that out. And there will be at least one or two people who get the tone disastrously wrong. Well, this yeah. is what you were saying about Boris there, because one of the things I noticed a lot of watching the, the various debates and the hustings that Boris Johnson did with Jeremy Hunt, he's got an, an incredible knack for kind of picking up on the smallest in, uh, encouragement. You know, as soon as somebody laughs very slightly at something he said, he immediately piles in with another joke of a similar nature. And yeah. I wonder that that's how he's going to conduct himself in the dispatch box. And when he when he hears some some cheers and some and some uh, and can some, I just say my, some hope? The thing is about Boris, he does understand different audiences. And he has experience of dealing with different audiences at different times. Right. And he has been, despite our criticism, very successful. And part of his success is the media circus that surrounds him. So when he visited the Isle of Wight three weeks ago during the campaign, you know, when Jeremy turned up, as nice as he is, it was quite a low-key affair. When Boris walked around one of our wonderful shipbuilding uh, plants in East Cows, he was being mobbed. The factory workers were out. Yeah, Everyone wanted they to see that, yeah. him. And they, they, people get excited about <laughs> Boris visiting because he's charismatic, he is fun, he is easy with people. And when he does our regional tours and when he gets out and about for a general election, whenever that's going to be, it is going to be like a, a circus on a par with Mrs Thatcher. Very few politicians have done this. The only ones I yeah. think of on, on that level of Farage. Yeah. And also Alex Salmond had the same thing in Scotland. Yeah. If you went out with Alex Salmond on, yeah. the, on the stump, yeah. they would draw extraordinary crowds. Yeah. And not people necessarily who were going to vote for him, but just people who were interested to see what was going on. And that galvanising of public interest is important. Because if people aren't interested in politicians, if they aren't interested in the, in the policies that are being discussed then they will lose interest in public life. And and that's, I'm afraid, what happened to Mrs May. And and I think, yeah, it's that dreaded sort of grey-suited middle management style of of government, which I think we've had enough of, really. Um, And we've had enough of it in lots of realms of society as well. We have voted... uh, MPs voted for change. Our party voted for change. And I think our party are representative in voting for change. You need a political class which is responsible to the people who elect them, not who spend three years mansplaining, as certain senior members of this <laughs> wretched cabinet have done, over why the British people were wrong, including some people who are resigning before they would have been sacked. Yes, quite. And what about the Trump aspect of all of this, I suppose? Because Donald Trump didn't really help Boris yesterday by saying uh, that he, no, uh, sees, he sees him... Well, what I mean is he didn't he upset, help him. He upset all the establishment people, well, that's yes. all right. Um, well, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, you know, but what I'm saying is, is that if Boris was going to pretend that he wasn't all that close to Trump... Uh, because he didn't want the same, um, you know, kind of negative attitudes on Trump being given to him, when he called him, you know, Britain's Trump, basically, and said, Barris will get it done, he's a good guy, you know, he's given yeah. him his endorsement, which would infuriate all these people here who are uh, demonstrating against Boris Johnson. Yeah, well, is that going to go on forever? Yeah, well, it's better to have a, pr- uh, a Prime Minister who gets on with the President of the United States, isn't it? Yes, I think it is. Uh, rather it than is. one who, who bores him rigid. Uh, I don't necessarily, though, think that Boris 
Johnson is the British Donald Trump. I don't think he is either. Because, uh, first of all, I think Boris is more eloquent. Yep. Uh, I think he's a more benevolent figure. Uh, and uh, he doesn't have quite such an appalling hairdo. And he's not... Well, he's coming close on that one, but he's coming, also coming not quite anything he's near... Not, he's not as orange. I mean, the other problem about the but Trump... He's, he's basically, he's a nicer guy. Yeah, yeah look, he's... He doesn't he's have intellectually, that He's not... A, uh, Trump has a sort of feral intelligence. Uh, but, I mean, Trump is... Uh, uh, but Boris, I think, is a much more warm and... I think... Look, I found him a very warm and charismatic and engaging person in my dealings with him. And everybody and says that. Most people who are going to yeah. come across him feel, actually, he's a good bloke and he's up for a laugh. Look, detail is not his 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 thing, and clearly, in question time, the opposition are going to try to catch him out in detail, and they want him sitting there spluttering. He knows detail is not his thing. He's going to have to deal with that. Well, I'm afraid. But what we want is somebody who shows political mm. leadership, and and I think too many people in this country and this parliament are fed up with policy wonks who think the devil the, the genius is in understanding the detail of policy rather than selling a bigger vision and a bigger purpose, and that's what the British people want. Yeah, well, I think you used to be a special advisor. <laughs> you were a policy wonk. Oh, it's very good to hear for that. About, for about three or four yeah, years. Yeah, I have, yeah but um, he doesn't look like Philip Hammond, though, does he? I mean, he's not no, spreadsheet Phil. I think you're doing a great can, disservice can I, can there. Can I, just, can I <laughs> defend myself on that? I'm 53. I spent four years here. The last ten years, I was an accidental soldier doing the Iraq and Afghan and ISIS right, campaigns. Okay. There you go. I'm Bob Seeley, MP, a friend of the I'm show. Putting um, your brown switch um, Friend of the Independent <laughs> Republic of Mike Graham. Quentin Letts, you're staying around, I'm please, if you can, if you don't mind the heat, Bob. Thank you very much indeed. Coming up next, Julie Hartley Brewer is going to pay us a visit. And coming up, of course, at four o'clock, Phil Williams on Drive. He'll be here down in Westminster as well, charting all of the nominations and all of the uh, confirmations in the in the cabinet uh, as it now becomes. Will Jeremy Hunt remain as Foreign Secretary, or will he leave and leave the cabinet altogether? This is Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The fallout, the fury, the future. Let's get political. Order. Talk radio, live from Westminster.
Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are sitting here in the blazing sunshine. I mean, we could be at Henley, we could be at Wimbledon, uh, we could be at some form of regatta, but instead we are outside at the main event, the biggest game in town. Uh, the new Prime Minister will be appointed very, very shortly uh, inside a couple of hours' time. And, of course, here at Talk Radio, we're bringing you the final Prime Minister's questions from uh, Parliament. Joining me now, I'm delighted to say, uh, Talk Radio's very own breakfast superstar, Ms <laughs> Julia Hartley-Brewer. When is she coming? Well, I was just missing you. You've not been in the yes, studio. Yes, I know. I know. Well, I've missed that air-conditioned studio as well. It was lovely um, this morning, lovely I and bet. chilly. I had to put my cardi oh, on. Oh, my me. Imagine that. Well, when I return, finally, to the office tomorrow, I'm going to have a great tan, is all I can say. So, uh, anyway, what are you making of it all? It's all very exciting, isn't it? Do you know what? It's very exciting. I have to say, as a Brexiteer, I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% convinced by the Boris Johnson thing. Didn't drink the Boris Johnson Kool-Aid ever. I think right. he's quite good fun. Yes. Love him or not, I've got news for you. N not impressed with him as Foreign Secretary, I have to say. Uh, so, a little bit wary. However, some of the appointments we've heard about already, uh, Dominic Cummings, who uh, was basically the mastermind behind the Vote Leave campaign, uh, being appointed uh, to a very senior uh, senior advisor role uh, in at number 10 uh, under Boris Johnson. It's very encouraging for leavers like myself. Yes, I think it is very encouraging. And do you, do you mind whether he keeps Jeremy Hunt on uh, as Foreign Secretary, who, by the way, I'm not sure has done a brilliant job as Foreign Secretary well, I either. Think he's, I, no, I think he's done a good job. I, I, I like a lot of time for Jeremy Hunt. I do think, though, fundamentally, unless you are willing to sign up fully to do or die, as, of course, uh, Boris Johnson said to our political editor, Ross Kempsel only a few weeks ago, do or die, October 31st, that is it, full stop. Unless you're willing to fully sign up to that, I just don't think you can be in the Cabinet. And can you see it actually happening on October the 31st? If you were a betting woman and I said to you, are we going to be out on November the 1st, what do you say? I don't think I'd put my house on it. No. Uh, but I've got to be honest, but no, I, I've, I've never been more hopeful. If you think about what's happened since 2016, every single moment has effectively been another victory for Remain. Uh, and in terms of uh, the general election in uh, 17, in terms of voting down, the, the changing of the date from the 29th of March, I think this is the first time there's actually been a, 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 a moving back, a fight back from uh, Brexiteers. And let's face it, look, so far Brexit is supposedly going to be delivered by someone who was a Remain campaigner, we had a Remain Chancellor, uh, and, uh, and, and we had you know, Ramonas in uh, civil service trying to stop it from happening. This is the first time when we have got a Brexiteer in charge. We're probably going to have you know, Brexiteers throughout Cabinet. We own Brexit now. Brexiteers are in charge. They've got to deliver. You would think so. And also, even though you may not have drunk the Boris Kool-Aid, there must be a slight part of you uh, which smirks when you see the amount of vitriol uh, oh. which Boris's uh, uh, sort of new job is causing. The Romaniac and Ramona, yeah. uh, they're different people, uh, meltdown on Twitter in the last 24 hours has been hilarious. It really and joyful has. to see. Uh, I have to say, uh, there, there, look, there's still a question over Boris Johnson. You know, he could be absolutely brilliant. He could rise to the occasion. He could be absolutely terrible. It is very, very difficult to predict. But you know what? It's actually quite nice to have something a bit unpredictable after three turgid, boring, excruciatingly uncomfortable mm. years uh, with Theresa May. I, I, think, I, I, just, I don't think I can watch another Prime Minister. Well, also, the Remainers are trying to rule out unpredictability. They're the ones that are telling us, you know, yeah. if there's going to be turbulence in the air, don't get on a plane. We if there's likely see. to be a car going past your front door, don't go outside. Yeah, exactly. Because well, you never know, things might go wrong. We won't be able to get on planes. We'll be too weak from the lack of food and medicine. Yes, exactly right. Julia Hartley-Brewer, thank you. See you tomorrow morning, uh, bright and early. Julia Hartley-Brewer, of course, back on Talk Radio uh, tomorrow morning from 6.30. We've got Quentin Let's still here with us, looking slightly hotter than he was uh, just yes. before Julia started uh, cooking. We're also joined by Lord Heseltine. Lord Heseltine, welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Uh, I watched you last night on Channel 4 with Jon Snow, and I have to say, I've never seen uh, two more miserable people uh, talking about what a terrible idea Boris Johnson was. Um, is he so bad? Well, it depends what you believe in. Uh, he, he, I've never said he was bad. I'd rather like him. He took over for me and Henley. 
and he did a good job in winning London for the Conservatives. So I don't get into the personalities and all of that. The issue is Brexit, and it was very interesting how quickly history gets obliterated in the mind of the Brexiteers. I remember vividly Boris, Foreign Secretary, David Davis, Brexit Secretary, Liam Fox, Trade Secretary, 18 months in power, right at the forefront of our negotiating team. Result? Nothing. Now we're told Boris is the first time we've had a Brexiteer in charge. It's complete rubbish. Well, we of had course three they would Brexiteers say. in charge for 18 months. But the reason that they all left, was it not, uh, was that they had felt that they weren't in charge. And in no, fact, no, Robbins, no, they left. That Ollie Robbins was doing the negotiations. Yes, Theresa May yeah, was yeah, doing the no, negotiations. No, 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 that's not how it happened. They were in charge. They were making no progress. And so the Prime Minister did what all Prime Ministers do, is to turn to the civil service and say, can you sort out the mess they've created? That's when Ollie Robbins became involved. But, of course, as we keep being told by many people on the Remain side, you know, politics is not a 24-hour moment in time. Politics is a movable feast, as indeed we can see from some of the placards outside of Parliament today, where people are quoting from Tony Blair's Sedgefield Manifesto of 1983, uh, in which he wanted to get out of the European Union. You know, so times do change, people change, um, and perhaps attitudes change. Well, perhaps they do, but not mine. Uh, no. Are you still <laughs> suspended, by the way, from the Tory party? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are, you expecting I'm a member. To, are you expecting to be left back in? No, well? I'm not preoccupied. I'm just doing what I've done for the last 50 years and which every Conservative Prime Minister that I've worked for told me was the right thing to do. I'm serving the national interest. Quentin, do you see the sort of Tory um, establishment changing in any way as a result of Boris Johnson now being the leader of the party? Because, you know, Lord Heseltine, uh, as, as I said, is has currently suspended, wants to remain in the European Union, as do some other members, as does Dominic Grieve. What happens is, what's the future of the Tory party? I think, the, I think certainly Boris Johnson would be foolish if he set out uh, to pick a fight with everybody in the Conservative Party who had some fondness for the European Union. So I don't think... Uh, it would be wise of Boris suddenly to say we are only a club for uh, Brexiteers. That's a, that would be a, 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 a needlessly narrow uh, option. But I think at the same time it would be uh, reasonable for um, for the Eurofile Tories to give uh, to give Mr Johnson some time and to see if his uh, striking of harder attitudes towards Brussels uh, uh, elicits some sort of fruit. Uh, so I mean, you rather hope that. Um, there'll be a bit of give on both sides. There hasn't been much give no. from... Uh, Is there any give from your side, Lord Heseltine, in terms of would you counsel... All these words about unification and drawing together are going to be demonstrated in a matter of hours' time when serious members of the Cabinet leave in order to avoid working for Boris Johnson. So let's not talk about uniting the country. You can't even unite the Cabinet... And are that, they not being disloyal to the party, though? Yes, but then you, the word loyalty is very important. Indeed, it's crucial. I don't not want to probe you, but I know where my loyalties are. It's to my country. And if my party goes against my conviction as to what the loyalty I owe to my country is, I stay with what I believe. This is not a communist society when the party tells you what to do. Parliament is made up of representatives of the people. They are the people that matter. And as a member of the House of Lords, I have a stake in that. Uh, and uh, to me, 
there are a significant number now of people in the House of Commons, brave men and women, who are not going to allow a no-deal Brexit. And what do you say to the 17.4 million people in the majority who voted to leave the European Union? Well, you know, of course you, they did offer you £350 million a week for the health service. No, but what about the people who voted to leave? What about they, they are the ones. They are the ones. They, they bought the £350 million. Yeah, but they still voted bribe. to leave. Yeah, yes, because they believed the bribe. And doesn't matter what they believed. They voted. Of course it did. No, but that's, it is fundamental what they believed. It's what they well, were they told. Well, they all say that they, they want to leave the European Union. Because they, still they were told they'd get 350 no. million. Yes. Incorrect. Well, well you can't, yeah, no, it's not incorrect. It may be a difference of opinion, but it's a fact. And today, what have we got? We have got the pound uh, depreciated by 15%. We have investment frozen. We have inward investment declining. We are the slowest growing economy in Europe, where we were the fastest. All the evidence is there, yeah, staring I in the I lived in New York uh, in the 80s when the pound was had parity with the dollar. We came back from that. Yes, quite right, but we didn't leave the European Union to do it. No, but we were in it at the time. But anyway, listen, I'm afraid we're out of time. Thank you very much indeed. Lord Heseltine uh, still uh, battering that drum. He doesn't want to leave the European Union. Uh, you may wish to uh, say something about that. An unrivaled and unbridled assessment of a parliament in peril and a country in chaos. What's next? Talk Radio, live from Westminster. Well, you might say there's a parliament in peril and a country in chaos, but Boris Johnson is about to be made the next Prime Minister of this country, which might mean uh, that there will be no more chaos and there may be no more peril. Uh, some uh, members of the Tory party believe that. Jerry Hayes joins me now, uh, former uh, Tory MP, of course, himself, a man now busying himself in uh, my learned friend's courts absolutely. of the land. Um, welcome to, uh, to College Green. Welcome to one of the hottest days of the year. You're wearing a very nice uh, light summer, summer suit, I yeah. see. What do you make of it all? I mean, it's like, it is like the new showbiz now, isn't it? Well, it is. Uh, I'm, I'm actually joining the Conservative Party because of Boris Johnson. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, because I want to resign in mm. style. Yes. I want to tear up my card on the TV, or preferably on your show. Well, indeed. Because, I mean, the man is just... Well, let's be serious for a moment. He demeans everything that politics is about. Really? He demeans I'm surprised you say that. Really? I'm really surprised you well, say what that. What do you think I was going to say? Because I, I thought you were going to say, isn't it great to have a breath of fresh air, somebody positive for a change, not one of these managerial suits. I've always thought for you as a bit of a maverick. Yeah, but I'm not insane. He's the maverick's maverick, is Boris Johnson, surely. Yeah, and then you've got you've got Dominic Cummings, mm -hmm. who David Cameron, you know, he said a nice thing about him. He really paid him a compliment. He said, you're a career psychopath. I mean, it doesn't get better than that, does yeah, it? Yeah, but I mean, when you actually analyse politicians, and you've been one, right, so you yeah, know better yeah, yeah. than anybody, you know, if you had to go, I'll tell you what, all the politicians who are not uh, psychopathic tendency types, yeah. all the politicians who are not narcissists, all the politicians who have never told a lie, and all the politicians who are not in it for themselves, all go and stand over there, and then we'll form a government over here with everybody else, you would never form a government, would you? No, but, hang on, who's he going to betray first? Is it going to be the one nation? Well, he might betray the voters, that's for sure. Well, why, why, why would he want? 31st of October? Mm. Well, interview, perhaps me, if, you, if we're about, I'm on the 1st of November. 1st of November. <laughs> and will we still be in the EU? Of course we will be. And what will Boris say? Oh, he's so tired. He's um, 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 a bus, bus. Bus. I see Ross over there. It was a, I, I painted pictures of uh, Junker on, on a bus. <laughs> OK, so who would you rather be standing there today taking the reins away from Theresa May? Jeremy Hunt? No, I would have liked Rory Stewart. Oh, God. Now, oh, no, 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 oh, no. He goodness. is the guy. I mean, I know it's terrible, 
He's an honest man in politics. He tells the truth. Well, he appears to be an honest man in politics, yeah. which immediately makes me slightly concerned. Mark, I mean, surely the devil you know is yeah. better than the devil who's pretending to be not the devil. No, I mean, I think there's nothing that Jerry has said that's wrong about Boris, but actually we need a shifty character, a serial philanderer, an, an absolute unapologetic liar, a man who has never been friends with the truth. Unfortunately, because, Trump's already got a job. Well, exactly. I mean, of course, it's working quite well in America, though, isn't it? And actually, well, it what, is. we, what we need to do is we need uh, Boris to uh, manipulate and pull the wool over the eyes of the EU in the way he has done so successfully in his domestic life. And ultimately, you know, we've tried, as I said, the managerial approach. It hasn't worked. It doesn't and I just work. think personality might be what's required and a bit of, a bit of political courage as well. And let's get back to Ross Kempsell, a man who needs to reshape this conversation into one which is actually intelligent uh, about politics rather than about your perception of politics. Because in the end, Boris Johnson will be Prime Minister. Boris yeah. Johnson is charged with making it happen. And mm. unless something horrible goes wrong in the next sort of 12 to 24 months, that's what he's going to be doing, right? Yes, and the key question today is what is the team that he puts around him? Now, I've just heard in the last few moments really interesting briefing coming out of Boris Johnson's team, which is that we expect Jeremy Hunt not to remain in place as Foreign Secretary. Now, is this, right? is, this is unconfirmed, mm. but I can't tell you how good the source is on this. So um, that would suggest to me that uh, Boris Johnson is actually pursuing a bit more of a ruthless line. He was, he was offered, this is briefed overnight, that Jeremy Hunt was offered the position of Defence Secretary. Now, we haven't heard anything from Mr Hunt on this, so we have to give him his chance to, yeah. put, to put his piece across. But if this is true, and Westminster is a cauldron of speculation and of rumour this morning, that would mean that Boris Johnson is going to take a quite ruthless role. I offered you this, you didn't accept it, so you're out. That might be what we see. And this overnight briefing into the newspapers about Jeremy Hunt being offered the role of Defence Secretary and refusing uh, might be to prepare the ground for that. But we don't know. We're going to have to wait to see between 5 and 10pm. Okay. But the trouble is, of course, Jerry, if Jeremy Hunt sees himself as taking the moral high ground, he's just going to end up looking petty and small because when you are supposed to be part of a collective cabinet responsibility situation and you're offered a pretty good job, which is Secretary of State for Defence of this country, um, and you don't take it because you think it's a bit of a downgrade, well, what does that tell you about the people who are uh, ruled by a ruthless self-interest? This is all about jobs. I mean, the, the, the walk of shame from someone like Amber Rudd, yeah. who says, oh, yes, well, he's going to make a wonderful price. She doesn't believe a word of it, but she wants a job. Right. Uh, so, how Hancock, Hancock, so how is she any different from Boris well, Johnson? not a lot. This is now. exactly my point. Not a, not a lot now, but it's just so wrong. It demeans the whole of politics. Most people you speak to in the constituency, no matter what they vote, will say their MP is a decent person who's doing their best for them. This is... Having someone like him, and I'm afraid Amber Rudd, and Matt Hancock, who is really, really um, deprecating, horrible about, and rightly horrible about Boris Johnson. Now he's a great supporter. All these ghastly, horrible people, and you'll have them on the, but this your is what show. Politics is, isn't it? No, it shouldn't be. It yeah, should be it, about but, decency I mean, and want, a bit of honour. Yeah, but you are talking about a sort of a pure version of something which no, has not, not been pure no, for I'm many, not. many decades, oh, to be honest. Oh, for God's sake, I'm a very impure politician. As I'm you, not suggesting as you, know. you are pure or not. What I'm, I'm saying is, is that you're harking after something that I'm not no, sure has ever existed. No, no, under Major, he was a decent guy. Um, well, he, was, uh, think, he wasn't that decent. Well, yeah, I know what you're going to come about, but I mean, in, t in, in terms of politics, he was a decent guy. Every uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm although now, no, hang on, yeah. he's now saying that Boris Johnson should not prorogue Parliament uh, for well, something as important as the European Union vote. However, yeah. he was quite happy to prorogue Parliament as long as it didn't uh, affect him when he was Prime totally Minister. Totally different matter. Doesn't, no, it how's is it different. I'll tell you because the the, the, the prorogation was, was was about no, it's it's completely different. You are talking about yeah. shutting Parliament up right. at a time well, of that's national. What he was doing. 
I said, no, no, he wasn't. He was he was just stopping. Oh, I right. don't think that's going to happen. That was red meat. Uh, red meat to the uh, you know the electorate at that time, which yeah. was the Tory grassroots. In fact, Boris has pro- promised a lot of things to the Tory grassroots that will probably never see the light of day. I think what we're looking at here um, is the need for um, some political talent. Because I think Theresa May, we've said, she put the hours in. She was a noble woman. Yeah. But she was a terrible communicator. And she Awful. couldn't, you know, deliver a message at couldn't all. Couldn't work a room. And I think Boris... Um, I think he'll be the opposite of what we expect from a Prime Minister. I think he's going to be uh, rather serious, rather grown-up, rather collegiate. I think he's going to, my prediction is he'll build a balanced cabinet, he'll keep Remainers in there, because I think the secret that dare not speak its name is that he wants a deal with the EU far more than he is pretending. Well, it would make life a lot simpler for everybody if he could get a deal. Yeah, but and he's it's not, not going to. Well, you say that, but it may oh. be, it's, he's got much more chance of getting a proper deal, for example, than uh, than the last one, than Theresa May and Ollie Robbins, who basically effectively did not want to leave the European Union. They really did hope that if they filibustered around for long enough, yeah. that everybody would say, oh, it's no. too difficult to do. No. It's too hard. That's, so, the, that's the Hartley Brewer line. I think, I, I personally... I, I mean, Julia Hartley Brewer. Yeah, I, I my, my colleague. At if, we're going, if we're going to make this um, a trial by Boris Johnson's personality only rather than his policies, then I would say that... Um, I suspect that he's quite cowardly as an individual. I think he's quite thin-skinned, and I think that the idea of a no-deal Brexit and the opprobrium that would be poured over him in that situation when he's in a number 10 and people are losing their jobs and people are dying, potentially... What, what are you talking about? I don't Excuse think me, he I'm likes the sound that. of that. I don't think well, he likes sorry, the sound of that. Sorry, let me just pick you up on that. When dying. people are dying, potentially. So, once again, this is one of those, you know, oh, what if people start dying? Brackets potentially. No, what does I that even know. mean? I mean, like, I had the, no, of course you don't know. That's out, my it, point. Well, it came out in briefing. Came from, out wrong. It came out from yeah. the, the civil servants. No, you don't get away with that. The independent yeah, republic. The civil no, servants. You know, you don't get away with that with me. Broccoli, like a hawk. fresh fruit and vegetable. Say, fresh fruit and vegetables are about, about eleven on the list. I mean, honestly, we're gonna we're gonna be living like you know third world country if that happens. Well, I mean, in some parts of Britain, they're saying that we have been living like that for too long because, in fact, the gap between the rich and the poor, the metropolitan elite, like you lot sitting here outside my. In the country. Uh, you may live in the country, but you're still conservation part area. of the metropolitan elite. You know, the fact is, is that the rest of the country don't think like you. The rest of the country love Boris Johnson. They want Boris Johnson. They need Boris Johnson. And they will see Boris Johnson succeed if it's the last thing they do. God. You've, you've got, got nothing to, your, to say to them, You've you? got to change your dealer, mate. Yes, thank you very much indeed. If that was the case, obviously I would ask you as a representative. But it oh, by the way, isn't. worth pointing out that Boris, I, I, say, I predict he'll be the opposite of what people think. He's a very ruthless man. Yes. And when he got into City Hall first time round, he immediately fired uh, Ian Blair, head of the Met. Yeah. Um, and look what happened to the crime figures in London. They absolutely went through the floor. And he's been and very did. decisive well, and very people ruthless. Well, people say, people say, let's put a few facts in here to yes. all of these nonsensical statements. Yes. Crime generally fell in the Thank UK. You. And it fell okay? less in London. And it fell less in London, actually, than it did in the rest of the UK. That yep. is true. Yep. But you cannot argue with the fact that now, under Sadiq Khan, crime is rising oh, in yeah. London way higher yeah, yeah. than it is in the rest of the yeah. country. But different so, argument. Well, but it's a different right. argument, but doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that I've lost it, because, of no. course, well, I've been in all arguments. Well, I'd feel a lot safer if Boris Johnson was still... <laughs> Even against well, Barry's Barry's yeah. to pretend us can't lose an argument. Well, I mean, some can. Oh, trust me. Oh, yeah, all right. But uh, listen, Ross uh, Kempsell is still with us. He'll be talking us through uh, the Prime Ministerial final question time. Uh, will Boris be there, I suppose, is the no. first question. Will he be sitting there uh, watching over Theresa May like a hawk? No, 100% that he isn't. So he's he's not going to PM Keys. His team just confirmed to me Boris Johnson won't be there. And the reason for that is because he doesn't want to distract from the occasion, they're saying. doesn't want to overshadow the final occasion. <laughs> we, won't, we won't see Boris Johnson there. We will see the majority of her cabinet there. We will see uh, many of her key allies gathered around her for the last time. 
It's going to be a fascinating sort of 15 minutes uh, of, uh, of final fame, I suppose. And then how about the, the nicety of uh, the constitutional question I asked somebody else earlier. Yeah. You may be able to answer yeah. this. During the period of time when uh, Theresa May has resigned yeah. and before Boris Johnson uh, takes the mantle. It can be no more than um, half an hour. It can be no more than half an hour. If something terrible happens during that period, who's in charge? Uh, Some people have said point. it's David Liddington. Uh, yeah, unless he's resigned. Yeah, he would be actually. Yes, he would be. So However, he can't there's another little, little, little twist. It's not going to happen, but mm. it's it's a bit of fun to think about. Yeah. It. Um, Theresa May will be asked by the Queen. Right, thank you. I I, I accept your resignation. Mm. And who do you recommend to me who has the confidence of the House of Commons? Now, if there's a, a deep breath and she <laughs> says, um, well, I can't, then Prime Minister, I can't accept your resignation. It's not going to happen. So well, she recommends Boris Johnson. Is that what yeah. happens? Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. This is the stuff that people don't get to hear on other radio stations. They're too busy moaning and groaning about the fact yeah. that Boris Johnson's going to be the next Prime Minister. We've got lots more to do. Jerry Hayes, thank you very much Pleasure. indeed. Uh, we will see you again soon. Mark Dolan as well. Thank you, Mike. Uh, both of you. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.